Nathan, Nathan Brown. Brownie, what's doing? Clearly not that hairline. Am I right? <laughs> Sorry, mate. Low, low. Oh, bit of a somber mood. What's going on? Right. Your pet budgie's died. Oh, mate, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, little Harold. You only had him six months. No, but I understand, mate. You can build a big connection with animals in that time. Right. Yeah. Brownie, you're going to have to stop sobbing for me. What, what, do, you, what do you need, mate? You want a ceremony? I right, mate, leave it with me. I can take care of it. i got a pen. Players. Families. Yep. And the media invited. Yep, no problems. And everyone bring a plate. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yep, mate, mate, I'm not understanding you. Too distraught. Okay. Yep, oh, hang on for me. Love you too. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to... Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 27. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, no Shalice tonight, but we have Dana, we have D, we have Coz, um, and we're ready to dive straight into it. But before we do, uh, let's quickly jump over to the warm up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Well, Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Yeah, so as my two-year-old toddler uh, decides to commentate into the podcast as well, um, shout out to him, my little boy. But uh, let's dive into the warm-up topic tonight. It's our uh, Mount Rushmore series, and it's the top four players of all time from our favourite clubs. Uh, Dee, going to throw it over to you. We're going to start off strong with the already in the top eight and sticking to it, Sea Eagles. So starting off with our one and only mortal, um, RIP to Bob Fulton. Um, Beaver, good old Steve Menzies. You can't think Sea Eagles without thinking of him. Uh, Steve Maddai, where you can hear the hits well above Brookie Oval and over that hill. Um, and finally, I couldn't pick one of the three, so I chose the Trebojevic Trust, I'm going to call them. It's uh, pretty incredible. You know, we've done a few little series here and there on the NRL show, but, you know, this the Stewart brothers, now the Travojevics, and all the legends you spoke about, uh, Manly, they've uh, you've certainly been a dominant club and have had their moments. Uh, Cos, what about yourself? Um, yeah, your Mount Rushmore of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Yes, well, I have an irrational love of James Graham. I can't explain it, but he is one of my favourites. So, again, I put favourites instead of top. Uh, Jason Nightingale, also a favourite of mine, um, I think just because he tried so hard. He wasn't the flashiest player, but it was all effort. Um, on the opposite side, Nathan Blacklock, a very flashy player, so he was always great to watch. And throwing back a bit further as well, Mark Coyne. So those are my top four. Yeah, what, a, what an incredible uh, crew. Nathan Blacklock, I mean, it's just... Yeah, what what an unbelievable talent there uh, on the wing. Dana, what about yourself? I, I'm pretty sure I could guess yours. You've got a few potential immortals at your football club down there, but, uh, yeah, your top four. Yeah, like being down here in Melbourne, it is a really hard choice because, you know, there's obviously so many people that come through the doors of Golden Storm, but obviously, you know, the top two are up there. It's Cameron Smith and Billy Slater. Like you can't go past those two legends, borderline immortals. Those They help shape the club so much over those earlier years. Um, Brian Hoffman's another one of mine as well. You know, he kind of was there at the club, but left and then came back. And now he's, he's worked there now since he retired. And he's just such a pivotal part of 
um, the team and how everything works back a house as well down in Melbourne, which you kind of see, which is cool. Um, but to kind of round out my top four, I added in one of the new boys. Obviously, it's Cameron Munster. You know, you can't play a Melbourne Storm game without having his input of some description in that game. So, yeah, they're my top four boys, and all four of them are definitely on the way to that Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Munster in particular, you know, he, he's such a rat bag. And, uh, yeah, that performance that he put in for Queensland, where, quote, unquote, the, you know, the worst team in history or something like that. And uh, Munster, you know, he was half tanked and gets on the football field and absolutely uh, destroys New South Wales. And then, yeah, not to mention everything he's done at the Storm. So some good choices there. Uh, look, for me, my beloved Newcastle Knights, you know, I love reflecting back on the past at sort of, I, I guess, removes me from the, the present day, that's for sure. Look, my top four, my Mount Rushmore, obviously Joey Johns. Uh, he sits there uh, as the eighth immortal. Um, Danny Badiris, Bedsy, uh, an incredible player. You know, a little bit unlucky to sort of um, go toe-to-toe with Cam Smith. You know, they, they sort of, it was great to watch, you know, coming through in the same era. But, you know, had he have not come through, um, you know, with Cameron Smith, um, easily one of the best uh, dummy halves that we've seen in a very long time. Uh, Paul, the Chief Harrigan, you know, one of the things that, you know, the Newcastle Knights have been known for is, you know, some of their incredible players, the Johns brothers and things like that. But, you know, the Chief, he kind of brought it all together as cap, as captain, as skipper, an incredible leader, an incredible man. So, um, yeah, Harrigan definitely there. And look, the fourth spot, you know, it's kind of, you know, when you think about Mount Rushmore, guys, you know, he's etched in there a little bit. He's kind of half done, kind of the headgear. I'm sort of working my way down. But Kalen Ponga, he's, uh, yeah, he's got got a little bit of a spot there. But, um, yeah, look, if he could, if he could bring a, a premiership to the Hunter, which looking like a little bit of a, a difficult task, uh, that would be great. But there you go. There's our Mount Rushmore. We'll continue with that little bit of a series um, throughout, you know, the coming months as well as we tackle other topics. But, uh, yeah, some incredible greats there of our game. All right, team, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! You just knew something special was going to happen. I wish I didn't have to leave. I wish that they wanted to keep me as much as I wanted to be there. So, but everything happens for a reason and, and sometimes you've got to um, get taken out of your comfort zone to understand what you actually have. And the old saying, you don't sometimes you don't know what you got until it's gone. To not be in that jersey and then feel like that was never going to happen again was shattering. To look back now and be able to wear that again, I'll make sure that um, every time I play in it, it's like it's going to be my last one. Here it is the Benji, the big step, and over he goes, and Benji Marshall brings Leichhardt to life. And this is one of our favourite segments of the week as we get to dive into All Ball, our Player in Focus Legend Series. And this week we are speaking about none other than Benji Marshall, uh, an unbelievable player. Uh, Dee, I'm going to throw this straight to you because Benji, he had multiple careers within one. There's so many storylines, so many narratives about his career. But, uh, yeah, let's throw it all the way back and, and, you know, talk to me a little bit about your earliest memories of the great Benji Marshall. Oh, look, I was in high school when I'd even just started her hearing about Benji Marshall, um, you know, in the private works, and it was always word of mouth. And you think, okay, there's this up-and-coming kid, all right, and it was, you know, him along the ranks of your Sonny Bill Williams. But 
I like to hiccup some of the other clubs he went between the Tigers and the end of his career. Um, and we just hop in a skip and dream over that one. But um, what an absolutely incredible guy. Like the no-look flick passes, the goose steps, the side steps, the massive half of field pass all the way to to his edges and his wings every weekend. Um, you knew you were coming in for a show. You knew that he was there to entertain you, didn't you? Yeah, I'm going to just jump right in and agree with Dee. I was going to say I think Benji Marshall was one of those players that kind of paved the way for those up-and-comers and, like, the kids that we see now. You see so many of those no-look passes, those flick passes, mm. like you said, those quick steps, you know. You see all these kids doing it now and that's kind of the norm and that's just part of the game now, whereas I think Benji Marshall was one of those people that he started it and it was kind of he was one of the first people you saw doing it and you're like, oh, that's a good tactic and then obviously you saw the success and it's just... I think he's just such a, a game changer in that kind of era as well. Cause let's uh, let's take it all the way back to some of the adversity that Benji Marshall went through. I guess one of the things that's not well known is that you know Benji just continued to have shoulder um, issues, um, some horrific shoulder um, injuries. But you know back when he was sort of coming through as a young junior. You know, there's 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 a I guess there's a alternative universe where Benji Marshall is unable to overcome all of those injuries and doesn't play our game. I guess it just goes to show that I'm sure there are a lot of junior footballers out there who have had multiple serious injuries, and if you can just stick with it, work through that rehab. But yeah, there, there, there was something special about Benji and his toughness to kind of overcome that to start his career. Yeah, and I think it. It's been mentioned about how exciting he was and just um, I think when we spoke about him last week a bit because he was one of my favourite ti- retired Tigers players But um, and you mentioned the adversity there because um, he was a small stature. He did have those injuries. He, he was a player that took risks. He, I think he had unfairly um, got maligned for his defence but he wasn't there to defend. He was there to attack and be exciting so that's what he did. Um, but, yeah, I just I think um, and also we haven't really – we really spoken about his legacy on the international um, field as well. He's the most capped Kiwi captain. Um, so I think he just leaves a, a really strong legacy um, at different levels of the game um, as well. So well done, Benji. Yeah, and, and absolutely, um, yeah, incredible, incredible career, that's for sure. And, you know, the other thing that I think about is, you know, um, and Dana, you touched on this a little bit in terms of inspiring the next generation of those flashy, agile, maybe sort of, you know, a, a little bit lighter frame. You know, we sort of really re, reinvigorated and, and refreshed that that sort of 5'8 position. But, you know, the other thing that he did was, I believe, created and, and helped foster and a new pathway into the NRL system, and that's through touch football. I feel like there was a generation of uh, of touch players that were doing that Benji Marshall step and the flick pass, and, you know, now the connection between touch football and, you know, rugby league and tackle, it's just an incredible pathway for the game. So, yeah, Benji Marshall bringing juniors through, and, uh, yeah, how many players um, have played our great game because of him? It's, it's pretty incredible to think about. Dana, I'm going to throw it over to you because the other thing that um, was very interesting about his career was, let's speak honestly, there, there was a time where everyone thought that Benji was washed. You know, this is it. He's got nothing more to give. He's had an incredible career. Everyone just expected him to, to, to wander off into the distance. But, you know, some of his late form in his, in his, mid, in his mid-30s for some of these other clubs, it, it was incredible. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I remember him being like at the Tigers and the, like, the Broncos. They were kind of the two times like as 
like I kind of remember Benji Marshall being like a prominent person that everyone was kind of spoken about. But yeah, like even the the couple of years at St. George of the Warra as well, and it was something that you kind of looked at and he had to move clubs to kind of keep going because I think if he stayed at that time at the Tigers, he probably would have retired in 2013 and kind of never added on those extra few years um, up until last year to kind of keep going with his career and kind of progress it further. And again, showing that those extra, what's an extra eight years. I'm like, imagine the amount of people like you just touched on Dan, like that he's inspired in those extra eight years of playing and pushing through and even, you know, getting a couple injuries as you get older and that kind of stuff, still kind of focusing on the game. And then, you know, his attitude towards everything as well. He was just always so positive and he was always kind of going towards everything with an open mind and, you know, took all these new opportunities, but look, look how far it took him, you know, 346 games and 1,200, 1,232 points. Like that's, that's incredible. It's an incredible career. Yeah, no, he, um, he was incredibly flashy as a young star and then he lost a yard, of pl- a yard of pace, which is normal. So, you know, the strengths of his game was his agility, his ability to beat defenders. Well, when he slowed up, he really had to change completely the way in which he played. He had to work on his fundamentals. And as he became older, wiser, the game slowed down and he became, yeah, just a, a completely different player. So that was really interesting. D, uh, you know, didn't quite get the final um, sign-off that he would have liked. He was so close to winning a premiership there with with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, you know, I remember, you know, hearing about that story where he just calls up Wayne Bennett after the West Tigers did and says, hey, you know, like, you know, they, they were just basically having a casual conversation and Wayne sort of convinced him for one last year. I mean, despite him not lifting the trophy, that final year for South Sydney, he was, he was incredible. Oh, he was a standout. And it, you could see it was as glimpses of, you know, that Benji that would just, backwards flick past to Tagiri and nobody saw it coming. You saw the Benji that would kick and chase his own ball. You would see the massive half of field passes. That was that Benji that came back. So I, I don't know what it was about the mystery around Wayne Bennett, the Wayne Bennett, you know, mojo that just somehow brought it out of him. But he, despite not bringing home that trophy, he got to finish with a bang. And I think that is something that a lot of, athletes who finish up their career don't get to do. Um, yeah, look at us. We're talking about him like he was the Beyonce of rugby league. Just entertaining. <laughs> no, it's, it's that, that, that's a really good point. You know, a lot of, a lot of players, they, they fade out, they get injuries, they have to retire in a struggling team. Benji, you know, he, he got to finish at the top of our game and just really reinforced that he's one of the all-time greats of our game. And I guess that's how we're going to finish off our All Ball Legend series. I've got to throw it at you. You know, what, what, what does this look like for Benji Marshall? You know, um, you know, you think about, you know, the Immortals, you think about the Hall of Fame. Where do you think Benji sits in terms of the all-time greats? Um, I'm going to throw it to you, Dana. Is Benji Marshall uh, a Hall of Famer? I'd like to think so. Um, I think because, like we've discussed, I think he was such a pivotal part of that that ever-changing game that is NRL, but mainly those, you know, 2010s turning points. And, you know, I think he was such a, like a playmaker and he's just had such uh, an impact on the game over his years. I don't know about, about a mortal, definitely a 110% Hall of Famer, but I think we'll see what he can do if he does anything kind of within the NRL post-playing career. So see how he kind of, 
goes being off the field, I think will be really interesting over the next couple of years to kind of see if that solidifies his immortal status. Yeah, walks in the Hall of Fame for me as well. Um, you know, obviously the captaincy of that World Cup. I, I, that was 2008 and I'm still salty about it. I cannot believe that, you know, the New Zealand Kiwis just totally ambushed the Kangaroos and they, they, they did that. They won that easily, that World Cup. That was an incredible performance. So for me, um, yeah, he walks into there. Um, Cos, just quickly, um, yeah, same sort of reflections on Benji. Going to go down as one of the all-time greats? I think so. I think, as I sort of mentioned, he's a bit maligned for maybe his defence or maybe he didn't do enough or win enough. But I think, uh, as we have spoken about, I think it's hard to pinpoint just how influential he is. there's intangibles in that and inspiration is a thing you can't quite measure. And I, But I think you could just see it. You could just see the kids that he helped bring through, people that were interested in the game, um, you know, that he was an entertainer. So I don't know what, what the criteria, hard and fast rule is, but he, he's definitely Hall of Fame and more was a harder one. But who, you know, who gets to vote on that and how do we, like, quantify and measure all that as well? But he's definitely one that I think people will be talking about for years to come because he did have such a, a influence on the game and across quite a broad spectrum as well. So um, he's definitely up there as one of the, the best to, to have played it and the most influential, I'd say. Yeah, Dee, and, and, you know, just, just quickly, a bit of a yes-no from you as well. What, what's your thoughts? Look, I, I think Hall of Famer, but for me, I just I'm I'm at that generation where entertainment in rugby league and, and watching that dance on the field happened with the Benji Marshall era. So I feel like, you know, pay honour where honour is due. Yeah, I love that. Even in the statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that, that NFL, that NBA personality is bringing a bit of flair and style to the game. I love that. And, you know, what makes me reflectant as to how great Benji Marshall was, we're all waiting for the next Benji and he hasn't quite turned up yet, so that kind of makes you think that he was pretty special. There's been Sean Johnson, there's been a few other players, but none of them have really showed what Benji has at the top of his career. So anyway, we sit back and wait for the next Benji Marshall, but in the meantime, we reflect on his incredible career. Great job, Benji Marshall. All right, team, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get All right, team, we're headed up north to the Gold Coast as we feature into the Gold Coast Titans uh, Battle of Legends series. Uh, you know, two of their all-time greats there. You know, still a relatively young franchise dating back to 2007 when the Gold Coast Titans first came into the competition. Prior to that, there's been a stack of franchises that have had an attempt up there at the Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, look, the two of these players tonight that we're going to be focusing in on, Scotty Prince and Preston Campbell, um, two incredible players. Um, Dana, I'm going to start with you and, and throw it down to yourself um Preston Campbell you can see me start to glow start to smile anytime I talk about an undersized player in the game of rugby league Preston Campbell he was tiny but um yeah I mean you know we'll talk a little bit about his son playing for the club now but undersized player absolutely electric uh, brought bums on seats just a true entertainer of the game yeah I think Preston Campbell's definitely one of those players that you say a name and everyone, regardless of whether you go to every single game, watch every game of NRL or you watch on occasion, like you know the name Preston Campbell. Um, Obviously a lot of people now, you know, like you said, talk about his son, but you can't go past the the way that he was so detrimental for up-and-coming people, especially Indigenous kids coming through. He was such an incredible player and an inspiration, I think, you know, for those kids that aren't, 
you know, like I said, he's he's five foot six. He weighed 70 kilos. He was nothing, but he was small and he was agile. He was quick. And I think that was a really good role model for kids when there wasn't a lot kind of going on um, in the Indigenous space, which is obviously grown immensely and is incredible now. But I just think that he was such a, a you know, I don't, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's hard to put into words like how well he was because he was there for so long. It's 22 years he's played NRL and it's just, it's hard to kind of look back and go, what was his highlights? Because there were so many of them. Because uh, it's pretty interesting when you think about sort of the scouting game in rugby league. It can get pretty brutal. You know, there's some incredible players that get passed up on, you know, and struggle through the junior systems because, you know, physically they might not be there. But isn't it great when you just sit back, reflect on Preston Campbell, forget his measurables, forget the, the physical side of things. This guy was an out-and-out footballer, had a knack for the, had a knack for the ball, um, you know, a, an incredible player and, and scored plenty of tries wherever he went. And, you know, it was the Gold Coast itself has had so many failures of franchises we've spoken about that you just wonder you know how big of an impact has Preston has Scott Prince had uh to make sure that 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 franchise was competitive come day one I think yeah sorry no you go (laughs) I'll just say um yeah disagree like the the Preston Campbell era for the Titans it's it makes you feel warm inside in when Scott Prince did like that was it that was a time of hope um, of a, and it was so great to watch a, an exciting new franchise with with players that you could get behind um, on and off the field. Um, I think the fact that the Titans are one of the most community-involved um, teams in the NRL isn't a surprise, especially with who was there when they were started. Like a lot of clubs do a lot of good things, but even when they're, you know, a bit off, off on the field, off the field they're always doing great stuff and that's, um, I think, a legacy of... Preston Campbell because he's he's one that's done so much off the field. Ken Sevens medal, medal, um, the All Stars. Obviously, he helped start that up as well. Um, yeah, he's he's an inspiration. You spoke about it already, Dana. He's he's just one that um, just makes you feel good inside. He <laughs> all makes you feel all, all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, like you know, I lived in Brisbane for two years, and there was a couple of times when I worked down and we'd go to like a Gold Coast game just because we could and it was, you know, something to do. But there was always such an atmosphere, like, leading up to the game. A few hours before, like, the whole, like, all of the Gold Coast kind of got behind the Titans because it was just what they did. And like you mentioned, like, there's just the community get behind it. And it's it's so nice to see because it is kind of rare to see that these days, to kind of have a whole, especially such a large community like that, get behind it. And that just kind of adds to all the warm and fuzzy feelings, which is just, I love when sport can do that. All right, guys, we'll flip it over to his competitor in a second, but just to quickly uh, finish off there on Preston Campbell, especially for some of our younger listeners, how good was Preston Campbell? Well, I'm going to take you back to many, many, many moons ago to 2001. Uh, it was a it was a great year. The Newcastle Knights were flying. We won our premiership. Andrew Johns, greatest player of all time, eighth immortal. This guy was on another planet. Ladies and gentlemen, the Daily M player of the year that year was Preston Campbell. So he he outplayed Joey in that year. So, yeah, we're talking about, again, talk about all, all-time greats. Preston was uh, very, very special and convinced a lot of undersized juniors uh, to play our great game. So, and then not to mention his young fellow playing for the club at the moment. So, yeah, beautiful rugby league story there. All right, well, let's flip it over to his competitor tonight. And it is the, uh, well, it's Scotty Prince. 
because uh, this is interesting because this really reminds me of the challenges that's happening at the moment uh, for the Dolphins, you know, with a new franchise. They're, they're frantically trying to get big signings up there for that club. The Gold Coast Titans are in a similar situation back in 2007, and they were able to go out and get a recent premiership-winning halfback in Scott Prince. You know, it, 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 it sounds easy when, when you say it out loud, but, um, yeah, the signing of Scott Prince was huge for the Gold Coast franchise. Yeah, he was a, a golden signing for the Gold Coast. Um, such ability and um, just it was a player that you could, you know, you start him there and you can build some players around that and you can build up a team and that's what they did. I think the early days of the Titans with, you know, having both Preston and, and Scotty Prince there was just, it was, it's just exciting. Like I'm just remembering back to it. Um, and, it, it and I think, you know, People are seeing that everyone in Queensland likes the Broncos. That's not true. So when they have a team like the Titans and you attract players like Scotty Prince, that's a very exciting new new team for Queensland fans to, to get behind as well. So um, that was a coup for them to be able to, to sign him early and to build around that. But, um, yeah, he's a very good player, very good player to build around. Yeah, love your symmetry. Exactly 300 games played across his NRL career. That, that's pretty incredible. Um, you know, his representative career was strong as well. Five games for Queensland, four for Australia, and a few um, games for the Prime Minister's 11, uh, four starts for the Indigenous All-Stars as well. Um, D, you just, again, you just picture Scotty Prince doing the call around, being like, I'm joining this brand new franchise, come on board. Um, you know, and, and I just... What I think about is if the Gold Coast Titans had a one, you know, back to back to back wooden spoons for those first couple of years, you just wonder would have, you know would they have been able to survive? So um, pretty impressive there. But just quickly, your reflections on Scotty Prince, and again, um, you know, did some pretty great things in the community as well. Oh, I would just like watching him. Um, a couple of things that I noticed about him. So I don't know if it's true now because I know he's playing touch footy, but he would always just run to the back corner of whichever end they were they were sitting on. And kick on, kick up the dirt behind the corner post and rub it in his hand. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, and it was. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, that's what I remember about Scotty Prince was that he used to do it at the West Tigers, and he went to Gold Coast and obviously brought all the same leadership skills and everything that he learned coming off of a Premiership winning team. So expecting a high level of of performance of out of his teammates. Uh, but that's kind of what I remember is watching him and every every single night you sit there and you watch the cameras go to the corner where Scotty Prince was and he's kicking up dirt and putting it, rubbing it through his fingers. Um, Scotty Prince, is, again, is just one of those players that you think about. Um, he, I feel like he brought GC to life. He was the big name that they needed. Yes, he was a Queensland, he's a Queensland original, we know that. Um, unfortunately, poor guy. But the the whole point was that he he brought this culture and he brought this this steam with him. He was a bums and seats kind of guy. Everyone wanted to come to watch him. Yeah, co captain with Luke Bailey, and he brought t- Tim Sheen's um, system up there. You know, Tim, he's got an incredible coaching um, tree. You know that he sort of established, and Scott obviously absorbed all of that as the halfback there. So he was able to go out there and uh, and and put that on display. So yeah, yeah a handy little pick up there for the Titans. And by playing with the Titans, he's one of the few ones that got to play with all three Queensland clubs as well. So, That's right. um, yeah, so he can come out of retirement for the for the Dolphins next year. You never know; he's still fit enough. Mm. Yeah. So he's playing touch. Yeah, 
And um, he's also like very involved in the game still. He's coaching. Um, he coached women to a grand final last year in the Queensland competition. Um, the year before that, he was coaching men's A grade as well. So he's still very involved in football and, and obviously does ambassador stuff with the Bronx as well. Yeah, very, very impressive. All right, guys, no sitting on the fence. We're going to do a quick round the grounds for the match. Uh, Scotty Prince and Preston Campbell, just really, really quick answers on this one. Uh, Dana, you get first crack here. Oh, I think just off the back of everything and the fact that he's still so heavily involved and then we've just now conned that he's going to come back and have a comeback, I'm going to go Scotty Prince. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to go Presto, only because I finally found someone who's a tad shorter than me, which is always a positive. But, uh, yeah, no, Presto, yeah, again, that 2001 Daily M, it just blows my mind. So incredible career there. Uh, Coz? I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. I love them both. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Uh, Dee, what about yourself? We'll come back to Coz. Look, I think Coz is manifesting that um, that good old Prince comes back for the fourth team <laughs> third time around um, in Queensland. So I'm going to go Presto. Yeah, I love that, and we might give we might because we might give you Scotty Prince, and then that sort I'll of give you yeah Prince even yeah. it out then that so sort of you know evens out too. Yeah, that was a really really tough one tonight on the match, but uh, yeah, look, you know some some interesting times there for the Gold Coast. You reflect on their current team, so much youth, so much talent. I'm sure they'll put it all together in the future. All right, guys, let's move through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, let's continue on with our Legend series. And this week we are reflecting on our favorite retired Brisbane Broncos player, and uh, look, again, this is a difficult one because there's certainly been some incredible players who have donned that jersey. Uh, Dee, you're going to start with you. I'm going to go with Petro Divanadeva, which is so unfair because we started off last week talking about him. We started off tonight talking about Scotty Prince and Preston Campbell. So I'm going to take it back to Petero. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's a fair shout. That's for sure. Uh, Dana? So sorry. I was very loudly dying then. <laughs> um, so I've picked Darius Boyd. So um, like I mentioned before, I lived in Queensland for a couple of years. And when I was there, um, I was diehard Melbourne, knew nothing else apart from Melbourne Storm. And I used to work at Woolies. So I was at work one day. And this guy came up to my register as I was closing with a basket of groceries. And I was like, yeah, I'll put you through. Like, oh, good. Just having a chat. It's covered in tats. I'm just like, oh, yeah, talking about tattoos. So I've got them as well. Blah, blah, he walked off. All good. And then some kid in long life was like, oh, my God, do you know who that was? And I'm like, I've got no idea. Who was it? And he's like, oh, that was Darius Boyd. He plays for the Broncos. And I was like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so he lived around the corner from my house and he would come to my work and we'd have good chats about uh, tattoos and just life because I think he enjoyed having a conversation with someone that wasn't about football or just didn't even know him from a bar of soap. So, um, but yeah, he was always a lovely person. Um, you know, it was always nice to me when I was at work, but, you know, looking back on his, his time on the field as well, he's just always oh, incredible. And he was just so detrimental for the last few years at the Broncos as well. And I just, yeah, just because he's a nice burst off the field. He's my favourite. Yeah, no, Darius, he was a bit of a deep thinker and, uh, yeah, definitely did some damage throughout his career across quite a few clubs. Uh, yeah, he was he was deadly. Um, yeah, I, I, in particular, that, that 2010 year for the St. George Illawarra Dragons as well. Uh, yeah, he was a bit of a gun for hire there, followed Wayne around and, um, yeah, he was yeah incredible player, that's for sure, and did, did some great work there in Brisbane. Uh, Coz, what about yourself? 
Oh, I was going to cheat a bit. Uh, we've already mentioned Pet and everyone's favourite is Pet. Um, I was going to say Heather Ballinger because it's NRLW, NRL. Yeah, absolutely. Because she, she was one. But I think um, similar to her was Matt Gillett. Like he was, um, he's one of my favourite Broncos players. So underrated even though he was still rated highly. I don't know how some players managed to do that, but he is one of those. He worked so hard. And I think when you know, you really notice when he wasn't on the field, a lot of that mop-up defensive work just wasn't done. Um, and he's actually a very lovely person on and off the field as well. So um, just a pity that he had to retire with that injury, but um, very underrated player and I think he was a, a fabulous player it's strange. on the field, off the field. Yeah, it, it's strange you mentioned, Matt, because, you know, I was sort of looking at it. I'm like, at, at what stage were Brisbane, uh, uh, you know, they, they weren't necessarily great towards the end, but they were still a competitive football team. And when did they sort of just fall away? And I, I'm the same. I pinpointed it to Matt Gillette retiring. You know, there were a few players that left. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to miss out. You know, a lot of players, Sammy Thiday and a few others. But, yeah, that yeah, the loss of Matt Gillette will go down as a significant one for the Broncos. That club was not ready to lose a player of that calibre. He was the first player picked in Queensland, Australia, um, and really was sort of a glue. So, no, that, that's a great shout. Uh, Cos, look, for me, wrapping this up, I'm going to go with the great Darren Lockyer. Um, again, just dominated two positions, which makes him stand out for me. Um, you know, he, at, at the time, he was the world's best fullback. Um, and then, you know, just made you know, just, you know, made that transition into 5-8 like it was nothing. A lot of players have tried to do it since and have failed spectacularly. Um, and the other thing I like about about Lockie is he struggled. You know, that transition was not easy for him, but he was so committed to get it right. And, um, yeah, he, he certainly did that, and not to mention all of his uh, accolades, um, yeah, at that representative level. Yeah, Brisbane Broncos have got some uh, incredible legends there, and, you know, it, things are starting to slowly turn around for that football club. So what does the future look like for the Brisbane Broncos can they make finals footy this year? We'll have to wait and see. All right, team, that's all we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things uh, rugby league. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. We've been watching all the downloads recently. We cannot thank you enough. Continue to do that. Continue to download the podcast. Share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.